Hello everyone, welcome to Uncertified and Unqualified. I'm Rita. And I'm Anna. And today we are talking about the spectrum of representation on screen, whether it is in film or in media or other media or movies. Yeah, so the movie and TV industry has be- has come under fire a lot in the past five to seven years, but because of those reckonings, we have been able to make some progress for treatment and representation of actors. However, these steps may have been stunted because of COVID delays, as everything has been stunted because of COVID delays, mm-hmm. um, and money losses do go with that. And, you know, of course, the patriarchy hurts representation, as always. We know that. <laughs> right. And... Along with that, there's lots of different things that have come out over the past five to seven years that we are going to go into today um, with different shows and also general concepts that are being played out on screen. One thing that's pretty decently recent in the film community that I've seen, I'm a little bit in film TikTok, I'm not going to lie, but that doesn't make me an expert (laughs) by any means, so take this with a grain of salt. One measure that's used in film and TV to test women's presence and value to a plot is called the Bechtel test. The Bechtel test is, it has to meet the following three criteria. It has to have at least two women in the TV or film or whatever. They have to, the women have to talk to each other and they have to talk to each other about something besides a man. And that seems like a really easy baseline thing, but there are many arguments as to why the Bechtel test doesn't work and again I don't quite know or like get the full scope of them all because I am not a film major by any extent of the imagination but those caveats aside those three requirements seem like a very easy baseline test to employ and you'd be surprised how many films and tv shows don't pass it no like we'll provide a link for you but there is a website called thebechteltest.com that you can scroll through an entire list of basically any movie ever and you can see the entire list of what movies pass the Bechtel test and which ones don't and it's really really interesting to see which ones do and which ones don't because you would you would be surprised and also you would not be surprised it would just be nice to have a movie where women are talking about something else other than a man, and they're talking to another woman. You know, that's... I feel like it's not hard to ask for. Say, is that too much to ask? Like, we no. talk about other things, you know? We do. Do you see movies where men are only talking about women? No. I just think, think well, about yes, that. But well, yes, but no. Well, yes, but, but is that a... Is that a prevalent thing that is happening? No, no, they talk. They get to talk about other shit, and I would, for one, like to see women talking about other things, please. Right. And thank you. Breaking away from the Bechtel test, another big issue in film and TV and other media is tokenism. And tokenism is the practice of making only, like, perfunctory or symbolic effort to be inclusive to members of minority groups, especially by recruiting people from underrepresented groups, if I can get that word out, in order to give the appearance of racial or gender equality within workplace or educational context. And this is such a big issue, especially, like, in Disney shows as we were growing up. Um, Like, if you take into consideration um, the black best friend trope, or the gay best friend trope, who's, a, who's like, you know, have, you, you understand the trope when you say what I mean, and that's a big issue. Um, they'll usually be the only one, they'll fill all the stereotypes, and, like, the big thing to note about this is this is so performative. It is. It's to be like, oh yeah, we crossed that minority off our checklist, not that we actually value telling these minorities stories. 
It's, it's just, just that they're, they're there. And they'll never get development either. They're strictly side characters. I mean, sometimes maybe you'll have a main character and be like, oh, look, we made a main character a minority. Mm-hmm. But it's easy to tell which things are performative and which actually have true mm-hmm. meaning. And mm-hmm. speaking of which, specifically in tokenism, colorism is a huge issue because now there's all these movies that are saying, oh, look at our diverse cast. We have all these people who aren't white. But... They are actually just putting in people who aren't white but may have lighter skin tones. They could be white passing if they chose to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but colorism, if you don't know, is just the prejudice or discrimination against individuals with a dark skin tone, especially among the people of same ethnic or racial group. And it does go hand in hand with tokenism. The biggest example at the moment is in the Heights, which a lot of dark-skinned people of color were put in the far background of like dance scenes and other theatrical movie scenes, and the lighter-skinned people of color were the main characters. I mean, both of us went to see in the Heights, and we can, I can verify that that's true. Yeah, I did very much notice that as mm-hmm. I was watching it. I was like, all hmm. right, all right. Plus, if you know anything about Washington Heights, it's historically a very diverse area. With Mm -hmm. darker skinned people. And so you're kind of like, now wait a minute. (laughs) Hold on. What are we getting at? What? What Yeah. Yeah. Another example is Bridgerton. Bridgerton, um, a lot of lighter skinned black people were cast in leading roles, and darker skinned black people were cast as evil or just not having as much character development. And those are, I think those are, like, the two biggest ones that have con- come under yeah, fire recently. those ones are a lot more recent, so if you've watched either of those or know of either of those, you've obviously seen it, but it happens all the time. If A lot of times, people will even be like, oh, it's like, there's, like, a token non-white black person who could be white passing or is very light-skinned that just becomes like that token actor in Hollywood that will get all the roles because they're like oh it's not a white person look we've done such a good job but Mm -hmm. they're not it's so close to white passing that like it's fine and comfortable for the nice white families yeah another thing is a big thing is queer baiting which that's a whole separate issue um, well, not really, if you're talking intersectionally, but it is, it's, it's, we're branching away now from colorism and tokenism. Queer baiting is, if you don't know, a marketing technique for fiction and entertainment, which in creators hint at, but do not actually depict same-sex romance or other LGBTQIA plus representation. Going back to Bridgerton. Bridgerton is another big example of queer baiting, because in their trailer, for the show, they showed possibilities of queer relationships as being more like a part of the main storyline, but they never really followed through on those possibilities with any of the main characters or the plots. You know, without giving anything away specifically, the closest they got was with Benedict Bridgerton. Um, and they obviously the show still didn't hit the mark. Now there's a quote from CBR um, that, that, sa- that says it better than I just did. Um, which in the first trailer of Bridgerton, Netflix's new Regency drama, featured a gay sex scene, prompting many hopeful viewers to expect queer representation from the upcoming show. The final result, however, was anything but queer. There are no queer characters in any of the main storylines, and the featured gay sex scene involves a barely secondary character, thus adding little to the show. Bridgerton's inclusion of gay characters ends up feeling performative, disappointing, and truly like queer baiting. And, and it, it, yeah, it really is something to say too because you can see how it really was like a ploy and kind of a money grab to be like, hey, we're going to include this scene in our trailer because 
we're going to pretend like it's this big thing that's going to be overarching in the storyline. And then you go and watch the show and it's... It's not. It's it's a background storyline that really mm-hmm. doesn't get much development. And mm-hmm. you're like, that was a very misleading trailer. We've all watched misleading tra- trailers for movies before. We think a movie's going to be really good and it's not. It's kind of like this, except this is more problematic because you are queer baiting to try to get a community to watch. And then... They're like, you didn't actually give us the representation that you were kind of promising with this trailer. It is. Another film that's been recent that has a lot of queer baiting tactics used is Wonder Woman 1984. Wonder Woman 1984 is very much the same in that only the only potential female love interest for the main character, Diana, who is Wonder Woman, turns out to be a villain that she has to battle towards at the end of the film. And villainy of queer characters is a whole other separate issue. And I remember hearing about the movie, and like not even watching superhero movies myself really, but I remember hearing about the movie and they were talking about how there was going to be queer representation in it. I was like, oh, that's really cool. That's great that they're doing that and stuff. And then the movie comes out and everyone's like, what is this? Yeah, like what? Like, what? like there what? is there is one less than seven minute scene at the beginning that you think, oh maybe, but then you read too much into it because the character that Diana is like quote unquote flirting but not actually flirting with turns out to just be a villain and has to be fought by Diana at the end, which happens so much. Yeah, villainy of queer characters, and I mean you can see it in Dis- Disney where. Um, but that's more queer coding than queer baiting, but, um, so many villains were queer coded in, like, Disney shows, you know, like, or movies, I guess, um, like- I know Ursula's a big one from Little Mermaid, she was queer coded. Maleficent. Maleficent. Another one that has um, been recently shown on TV, it's a Disney ABC show, Once Upon a Time, there was a lot of commentary about how- um, Emma Swan and Regina Mills, two main characters in the show, were a massive queer bait. There's this kind of enemies to lovers trope in there. And while each of them respectively have straight relationships throughout the show, there is a lot um you know, unspoken tension that the writers kind of wrote in and and it's kind of feels like there could be something more, but then they never add it in. And it, it's it feels yeah. like they could be enemies to lovers, but they just end up being like enemies to like not hating each buddies. other. <laughs> <Like> buddies. <laughs> right. To co-parents. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes another issue that has grown a lot is even if there isn't queer baiting and there's actual queer representation in film, it's almost always men loving men and never women loving women. Mm-hmm. And that's just the problem with the patriarchy in itself because we're so comfortable with seeing a man in a relationship and thinking that relationships and like that sort of thing is for men and if a man is not in that picture in the relationship then we're like what's the point that Mm -hmm. happens so much with the patriarchy and i would love to see more representation of women loving women in media because even though we're getting representation from one part of the queer community it's always skewed towards men and what men would want right right and that's also going to come from more queer female directing as well and executive producing so it's kind of a two-prong it's not only on screen it's off screen too that needs ample and adequate representation right we need to stop having white men write shows about women queer women of color let's have queer women of color write about their experiences and produce amazing shows that we can watch so moving more into streaming platforms just in general 
Netflix is the biggest culprit of canceling shows prematurely. Now, there are lots of shows with good, with decent representation that they have canceled prematurely, and it's, it's harder now with so many shows being shifted around to different streaming platforms now that more are being created, and especially when they're not Netflix originals. Um, but the ones that are Netflix originals, they just hurt all the more when they are, like, canceled or they have their last season prematurely. The following list that I'm going to list off to you, um, they are Netflix shows with decent representation that have been canceled or have had their final season within the last year or two. Um, so there's Atypical, I Am Not Okay With This, The Society, Grand Army, Bonding, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Dear White People, AJ and the Queen, Glow, Hollywood. Now I recognize the Hollywood was just a limited series to begin with, but that doesn't make me any less sad <laughs> that, you know, it's there isn't going to be any more. And then also the Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. So many of these shows feature people of color, queer people, bit of both. And they touch on important issues and experiences with those people. And then Netflix just canceled them. They just said, sorry. And then we renew yeah. shows with like all white people and we're like, hey, what's up? This is not interesting at all. <laughs> Speaking of which, they haven't canceled this one officially yet, but Julie and the Phantoms, Netflix, if you were listening... I want that dang kids show. Don't cancel it. Nope. It's got representation. I'll it to PG-13, I babe. love, I love that show. It's got representation. Let's, let's keep this one going. Let's Netflix. upgrade to PG-13, Don't hold out babe. on me here. Come on, let's go, let's go. Give me the kids show, please. But on a side note, fuck the Hype House show. I, why did, why are these shows getting canceled and then they start the Hype House? I, I don't. Children on TikTok, stop watching these people. I'm serious. I know, the only if I, I mean, and I know next to nothing about the Hype House, but I'm pretty sure the only queer person of color, queer person or person of color in the Hype House is Nikita Dragon, and she is both, I think. Is Nikita Dragon straight? I don't know. I'm not on that side of TikTok. I am not either. I do not know. But. I do not know. I but don't, it feel, even so, feels like tokenism to me. It does to me, too. And I don't need to see more straight white kids being stupid on I the screen. I don't need to see these newly rich straight white kids from TikTok on TV. I just don't. No. I don't care for it. I'm not here for it. I don't need it. Give me. Don't cancel the shows that are good. Give me back. I am not okay with this and the society. That's all I Also, ask. give me back Patriot Act because I loved that show. It gave me the same vibes as The Daily Show with Trevor Noah and I loved it. Now, I'm a little bit of a news junkie and Hasan Minaj delivered it so funnily. I don't even know if funnily is really a word, but we oh, it was mean. so good. It was so good. They need to bring that one back, too. Or he needs to get a different show because I need to see more of that man telling me my news. Please. Mm -hmm. Anyways, there are also other shows from other platforms. Not just streaming platforms, but also... We're blasting Netflix right now, but, like, all these other cable and streaming services have a lot of blame to go around, too. They do. But we're hating on Netflix especially because they deserve it. Anyways. They do. Because they put out these originals, they give us a little taste, and then they say, ooh, no, never mind. Never mind. And I'm like, no, excuse me, sir, bring that back right here. But they are not the only com culprits. There are a lot of other shows that are getting canceled or having their last seasons on other streaming services that have some decent to pretty good representation. Right. And 
the following shows that I'm going to list off from these other networks are are also being canceled or have had their final seasons, whether it is on schedule or prematurely. And, you know, if it is their final seasons, you know, maybe it is time for the show to step aside for new, more diverse stories to take their place. But, you know, the shows are still going to be missed regardless. And for the ones that are being canceled, it's just garbage. <laughs> but anyways, from ABC and Freeform, Blackish and Stumptown are done. From FX, Pose is done. From Hulu, High Fidelity is done. And from NBC, This Is Us is done. So. A little bit heartbroken. I'm a little bit heartbroken over This Is Us. I was never truly, a, like, an invested watcher, but I've seen episodes here and there. And the episodes that I saw were good. I didn't watch it religiously, but the episodes I watched would almost make me cry every time. I don't know what that show was on. But dang, it was sad. And dang, it had representation. I know. And High Fidelity, I haven't seen any of High Fidelity yet, but it's been on my list for a really long time. And we love Zoe Kravitz in this house, and she's, like, the lead of the show. And it just, it makes me upset that we're not going to see any more of her in that show. But hopefully we'll see more of her in other projects. And this isn't even an extensive list. There's so many other shows that have canceled or are ending that have this representation that people are just not going to see anymore. If I wanted to give you guys the entire list, this episode would be three hours long. (laughs) So you're welcome, but also I'm sorry. But there, yeah, yeah, there were so many other shows that were canceled or have concluded recently that I don't have listed. And there are so these are the ones, the ones that I just gave you are like more popular. But however, there are lots of shows that have been renewed and movies that have been released recently or will be released soon that have pretty good representation. We want to end this on a little bit of a hopeful note. There have been some new good representation growing. We appreciate it. We see you. We have a lot to work on. There's a lot of problems, but there are. Uh, some good shows that we have listed here that hopefully have will continue to have good representation and hopefully you will enjoy right so the first one that i have listed is loki i am so excited for season two even though they haven't even started filming we're not talking about that yet but you know spoilers ahead if you haven't seen loki and you're a marvel fan but loki was revealed to be gender fluid and bisexual in season one but there was no men loving men relationship explored for tom hiddleston's loki or no women loving women relationship explored for sophia DiMartino's sylvie though (laughs) i will throw in here just imagine a relationship between sylvie and valkyrie like that's it that's the tweet just saying but loki tom hiddleston's loki definitely did the dirty with the grandmaster and thor ragnarok tell me i'm wrong it happened. Anyways. This is not what this episode is about, but <laughs> anyways, I'm letting Rita go on her Loki need, rant. Give I, her, I, give I him need, a minute. I needed to do this. <laughs> um, but I don't really know how I feel about the relationship that did develop between Martino's character and Hiddleston's character. It just, it feels wrong. Um, Marvel was kind of falling into those uh, queer baiting and issues uh, with this season. We appreciate the... Sh- the what is the word? The we effort? Ap- no, I guess. We appreciate the effort they did. Love to see better in season two. Right. Hopefully we can keep that going better. Right. The relationship that did develop, it just, it kind of feels wrong. But like, if you look into the, um, the, the I can't, like the connotation in it, 
and like the expressive i can't think of the right word at the moment but like i I understand where they were going but just the way that they got there was not not it at all um actually i think tom hiddleston is thinking about filing a suit or has filed a suit against disney plus because of that relationship is bringing in negative views and him he is executive director and didn't quite get his full approval but it was gone through with anyways but aside from that boastful loki and he who remains were both people of color and i'm very excited for ant-man quantum mania for jonathan majors who played who he who remains to take on the role of kang the conqueror all of that said loki was a pretty good show but there are some issues that i hope that they can work through in season two coming up Never Have I Ever is also a show we recommend. It's by Mindy Kaling. It has an Indian main female character, which you really don't see that a lot in media. So it was very interesting to have that and actually be able to see that in a show. There is also a queer relationship for one of the side friend characters. And it doesn't... There is um, development of the character um, figuring out themselves in season one. Season two has more development of that relationship specifically which was really awesome to get to see in a tv show so in season two um that relationship actually does get a lot more showtime and the side character does get to go through a development of how she doesn't necessarily fit the stereotype of what people think lesbians know or would be interested in or into in pop culture And she gets to kind of develop her own sense of self and figures out who she is as a person instead of trying to be that stereotype that people want her to be. Right. Another one is Sex Education. And Sex Education is just such a good freaking show, man. Oh my god. The main theme of Sex Education is dealing with shitty public school sex education, which is kind of like, no duh. But it also has its characters exploring their identities and finding their place in the world through the, the complexities of high school. Or I don't quite understand what the equivalent of high school is in England. It's, they call it something else, but the, the equivalent of high school in England. And like through like their family and their friends finding their place in the world and also finding who they are. Um, another good movie series is the Fear Street Saga. I haven't seen all of the movies yet. I've only seen um, part one and halfway through part two. But Sam and Dina are so freaking cute together. And again, I've yet to finish them, but I am very excited to see what comes of their relationship and what comes of um, the entire overarching plot line with the curse that's going on. Love, Victor. Uh, See, this show is a bit problematic because the actors who are playing the main queer characters are straight in real life, and it would be more ideal if the actors were queer, but the show does center on Victor, who is from a half Puerto Rican, half Colombian American family living in Atlanta, and the show has been renewed for a third season. Now, this isn't to say that straight actors can't play queer characters, but it makes it a little bit more difficult because straight actors who haven't had the life experience that queer people do with like societal heteronormativity and homophobia, it just, it makes it, seem you know maybe a little bit less authentic even if their acting job is absolutely phenomenal it just the authenticity sometimes isn't there and you know there's also that history of queer people not being able to act in hollywood and get roles because of who they are and to have a straight person kind of 
be portraying those experiences in life that they have actually experienced and have actually struggled with feels kind of wrong. Yeah, it's not it's not right for sure. Yeah. And the last one that I will deign to mention is Euphoria. <laughs> Honest to God, bless the ground that Zendaya walks on. I love that woman with all my being. But filming of season two got delayed by a lot because of COVID. But we're looking at a release date of late 21 or early 20, early late 2021 or early 2022. <laughs> I'm very excited for season two of that as well. Um, also watch Doctor Who because it's still going on. It's been going on forever. And there's always representation in Doctor Who because... I mean, they've got their problems, too, but... Right. They're, they're very... I, I appreciate them. I appreciate the work they do. Keep, keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> but just to kind of cap off, the biggest thing to remember is to have an intersectional mindset when watching a show. Everyone can be upset at a show for being canceled for any reason or for a show ending for any reason, and we can't invalidate audiences in terms of what we see and what we understand as viewers. The best way to overcome this is just to educate yourself on all the aspects and themes that other people are seeing in shows, and if you don't understand something, just do a quick Google search and learn about it. And if you don't catch all of those different aspects, and if you hear someone giving a review that does, just make sure you listen with an open mind. I know on um, TikTok, when when people give like movie reviews, people are like, oh, that you're reading too much into that, and that wasn't there. But if someone sees it, then it clearly was. Luca. <laughs> that just... Luca. Yeah. Pixar couldn't say it was gay. But it was gay. But it was gay. It was very gay. That's a good movie. Very good movie. That's a, that's a, that's a good movie. That good, was a good movie. Good job, Pixar. If, uh, that's a good movie. <laughs> you done did good, Pixar. Watch that movie. But yeah, we'd love to see more like Luca. We'd love to see more representation, not only of queer people, but of minorities, just people who aren't white and straight. We'd love to see more character development from them. We are tired of the tokenism side character mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, minority points. Yay, us. No, not let's actually really. do some work. Let's <laughs> make some real stories with real struggles, real hardships, and something that viewers are actually really going to enjoy and really appreciate and see themselves on that screen. Let's get some good representation, guys. Let's keep it, let's keep this going. That's all we ask. That's all we ask. Thank you for listening. We are Uncertified and Unqualified. We release episodes every other Monday, and you can follow us on Instagram at Uncertified and Unqualified Pod. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.